Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 29 of the Urban Homestead in UK podcast. I'm Alan, I'm here with my good friend Mike. How you doing mate? Alright. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you mate. It's really good to catch up and have a chat again. It's been a little while. Uh, so we thought we'd go and get an, another episode out for you guys uh, to listen to. Something for people to be doing while they're cracking on with their homesteading. Uh, and as usual we're going to start with our little kind of catch up and and a little chat about what we're doing. A bit of weather. A bit of weather, yeah, we'll do a little bit of that, and then we're going to go on, and, and today is the big reveal day. So well, we just, yeah, no, let's I'm going to keep them hanging on a little bit longer, you know how you do, but um, but definitely today what I'd like to do, mate, if you're up for it, is to just talk a little bit about your your plans we've been yep. hitting at and teasing over the last yeah, few episodes. Well, so do you want to start off with the weather, mate? What's it been doing? Well, we've been, it has been, it's obviously got a lot colder, especially this last few days, mm. but we have been quite blessed with how dry it's yep. been in autumn, yep. which means that you get the chance to do those really beautiful kicking through the autumn leaves yeah. as you're walking down a footpath. Yeah. And all the leaves have dropped, now. well not all of them, but a great a great majority of them have dropped, yeah. but rather than turn into a wet slurry of leaves, yeah. it is beautiful out, yeah. isn't it, at the moment? Really and the colours have been absolutely astounding driving through the countryside and coming in and out of work and stuff like that. You know, the beach in the Hornbeam all gone really orange. All the maples or sycamores, they're all down now, but there's these great big crunchy leaves all over yeah. the place. And the beach is still hanging on a tiny bit and the oak's still hanging on a tiny bit. They're not all down yet. But it has been beautiful to see um, the changing colours and, and, and how, you know, sometimes if, you know, around this time we often get in the UK, in the southern UK, we often get quite big storms mm. um, or, you know, not not on the comparison of some of our, um, listeners perhaps in other parts of the world but enough to take all of the leaves off the yeah, trees so I was going to say that usually by this time all the leaves are down yeah right? but because we down. because we haven't had those that, that those big storms or you know um, autumn kind of winds coming through everything's sort of still there isn't it so it yeah. is quite nice driving around and looking around but the temperature has dropped that you know I know it's not the same where you are but there are frost on the cars in the morning yeah where I, I still haven't had any frost on the cars one or two mornings a couple of weeks ago but that's been it yeah. so not but of frost yet. everything is you can see, you know, the grass has stopped growing and the hedges have stopped yeah. growing and, and things like that. Um, my tomatoes and peppers, though, in my unheated greenhouse are still hanging on, though. Okay. Just, yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. I'm not going in there very often, though. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know we'll probably talk a little bit about how, you know, pro- production has slowed right down and certainly certainly harvesting has more or less yeah, come to a standstill. A bit. Yeah. I've, got, I've got some things I'm still picking. Yeah. Um, I'm still wading my way through those giant beetroot. Yeah. Um, but I, I've got leeks in the ground and I've got kale in the ground yeah. and I've got chard in the ground but that's about it see I'm not even sure what I've got in the ground because <laughs> I've been full on I talked about hibernating in the last episode I literally have not been to my allotment yeah. since before the last time we recorded yeah. not even just to drop stuff off part of that is the fact that it's, the evenings are dark now I get home it's dark I come out in the morning yeah, and, and, and you have to work around your lifestyle yeah, don't and you and the weekends I've had other things on you know it's kind of Starting to look towards Christmas time in our household now, so we've been sort of doing a few things around that with the kids. Mm-hmm. Taking them to the, the theatre to see a Elfa musical, which was a really nice thing to do. Nothing to do with homesteading, of course, but lovely thing to do. And that's sort of taken up my time, and I'm quite yeah. happy with that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I yeah, I know exactly really what nice, you mean. And really nice balance. And there does have to be, an, <laughs> you know, that element of balance for all the graft that you put in in the yeah. spring and the summer. And then, you, you know, you sit back and you there should be that bit where, you know, Larder's good. Yeah, yeah. I've got you know, some the freeze is good. You know, what's up there is going to it's going to produce, and we're not going to be bothered to go and harvest yeah. it. I'm sure there'll be some stuff yeah. I should have harvested that I missed because I wasn't up there. Yeah, and you know what? I'm good with that too. Yeah, and we're very conscious about not wanting to talk about the same things over and over. So you know, we yeah. probably won't do a lot to do with growing. 
And Not a lot to is, say about no, that. No, there really. isn't really. I've just got my bits in the greenhouse ticking over. Mm. There's a couple of buckets of carrots and some lettuce and stuff yeah. that I put in. Yeah. That's just ticking over, so I'm watering that from time to time. Uh, like I say, I haven't been up the allotment at all. I've got some compost to make. I've got mm-hmm. some bags of stuff to take up there to compost. Okay, yeah. And I've got some pallets ready to go, along with some, I managed to get some like Celotex. And I want to try and create a hot composting bed. Mm-hmm. Not, not a hot bed, but a bed, a, a compost bay to hot compost yeah. in. Uh, and I'm going to try and do that by insulating it and covering it with a bit of plastic. Okay. Try and get the heat up. Uh, and let the sun get on it and let the sun do its work as well mm, yeah. so between those two things I'm going to try and do that over winter yeah. um, but other than that I'm just kind of just sitting back just, enjoying just what you've got and where you're lots at of it, lots in the kitchen of course yeah and I've been doing some walking um, yeah. and you know trying to get my own fitness up a little bit so because yeah. I know I've got some things coming up and so yeah. for me I've probably been more out and about yeah. um, but not necessarily you know at, at the allotment or the garden but more getting out and kind of seeing that change in those natural rhythms yeah. out in nature, which I really like. Um, but I have noticed, I mean, there's so many deer around where I live yeah. at the moment. Um, and that's so, you know, I'm waiting for my first bit of venison. Yeah. And I'll say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have been, um, obviously now the sh- shooting season and hunting season for pheasants open, I have been getting a weekly supply of pheasants. Yeah. And so I have been um, able to start eating pheasant again, which I really like. Yeah. Yeah, I really do like. I have to let you try and persuade me into that because I was offered a couple the other day, and I was like, really kind. But yeah, and the first, the first question if you're offered pheasants is should be, in my opinion, is when were they shot? Okay. So if you were offered them on a Monday or a Tuesday, I would yeah. take them. Yeah. But once you get to Wednesday, Thursday, then they're going to start to get a bit high. Yeah. So if you're, because I don't like mine, and we've, you know, um, talked before. We've talked a little bit yeah. about it before, but. You know, it might be something that people come and get an opportunity to do. Mm. So, um, you know, if I get some more at this weekend and then I, I'll i try and do something with them on the Monday, Tuesday, and then yeah. we can have a go at that. Right. Um, but there is for me a great, you know, a kind of great feeling of connectedness when I have um, pheasants because I hate that feeling that they might have gone to waste. I completely agree. Yeah. I just had that very bad experience with them being hung forever. Oh, yeah. And they stink to high heaven. No, then, you can't they? be doing with that. It's really unpleasant. Yeah, you can't be doing with that. So, uh, yeah, so I need to be need to be persuaded, shall we say? <laughs> so the, so ve- the, yeah, the yeah, the so the, the venison and the pheasant season's open. I haven't been out rabbit shooting or anything like that, and no. you know you can go at night, which is no problem. Um, but I haven't done anything like that. I've just really enjoyed going out walking and seeing mm. you know what's going on. But all the time I am out walking, it's you know clocking areas or trees or yeah. you know natural things that might come out over the next twelve months that you might be able to use and. Really, if I'm honest with you, that has all been centred around timber um, and woods this this yeah. this month. And um, I don't know if um, if you if you're going to make some wreaths this year, but I've made my wreath yeah, bases yeah. already yeah. Um, because they are hedge trimming where I am. The tractors are out trimming, yeah. and so before they obliterate all of the um, withies, I've been cutting those and bringing them home. My usual supply those got absolutely battered about three four weeks ago. What? What, by hedge cutter? Yeah. yeah they flail them, don't they? They flail them a whole lot down yeah. there. So there's a normal supply here where we work, and I normally get them here and we do them obviously at work. Yeah. And, well, um, I've got some. And that's part of the thing I do with, you know, the yeah. people that we work with. But um, I'll need to go and... There are other places, yeah. but I'll just have to go okay. and look for them. They stuff. haven't done all the fields where I live, and they are a mixture of willow and um, hazel, so yeah. the rods are really good. So I just... I went out with my little pen knife. I didn't need anything more than that. Mm. And I probably cut 100 whips, so mm. I've got plenty. 
Um, but I thought I might try and make some different stuff this year as well. I've seen some stars that you can make. Oh, okay. You know, you like make a jig up. Yeah. You know, with five, and then you oh, slam against and lash them up. Day, yeah. yeah, I was chatting to someone about yeah. it today, so it's probably one of our colleagues. Yeah. Um, might make a few of those. Yeah. But I like good door wreath, mate. It's just yeah. such a nice thing to do, and and it feels nice to be able to use things in the locality and not have to kind of rely on buying stuff and I know we might go on to talk about that a little bit today yeah I, I definitely wouldn't buy a wreath because the, what they charge for them for what they are is ridiculous yeah. Um, yeah and also why would you buy something you can go and get out and make make for yourself for nothing well I think the whole thing there what you just said about making yourself for nothing is interesting because I did go this weekend to Hobbycraft uh, oh, yeah. with my daughter yeah. yeah and the things that you can buy in there yeah. is unbelievable yeah you know you can buy wivies in there and reef bases in there and they are ridiculous money yeah, I bet they to, are. to buy. And I wonder, I wonder whether a lot of people think, and I know that the people perhaps listening to this podcast are resourceful and creative, yeah. but, 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 not, so, yeah. but not everyone is in all areas, are they? No. And sometimes it's about just taking that moment to think, could I do that myself? Yeah? yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we've, we've spoke about it that sometimes it is we are in habits as consumers or citizens in this day and age that we just buy things, don't we? And I think that one of the fundamental principles of what we are trying to, you know, put forward to people is try, try and do it yourself. It's about skills, isn't it? Not just about stuff. Definitely. And and that notion that you can be self-reliant and self-sufficient as best as you can be. So you start with your first question being, can I do it myself? Yeah then that's a good place to be, I think. Yeah. If that's the first thing you think, yeah. oh, I want to do that, how do I? How can I do it for myself? Yeah. If that's your first thought, then you're a lot better off than 95% of people. Yeah, I would, say, I would say you are. And, and, and I think that there is also that, that and, and I do think that sometimes people have a problem with this, is if you've never done it or never been shown it, mm. the, the, the first step, the have a go. Yeah. And I think that when you look how much information there is, just even on YouTube, oh. right, or whatever about trying something. Yeah. I think that is it is something that people should just have a go at. Yeah. You yeah. know, should just try these things. And, you know, if you've never made a reef, it is really easy and they come out really great. Yeah. And you need a ball of string <laughs> yeah. and some legs. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. A ball of string. A pair of secateurs. Secateurs or even a knife. Even a knife. You know, you could yeah. bring a little knife or a pair of secateurs. And just go and cut some hazel down. And if you don't know what hazel looks like, just walk out into and, and go and see, that's straight and it's bendy. Yeah. That's probably either that'll hazel do. or wizard willow. So that'll do, yeah. And it doesn't have to be even those things. If no, you find something just, else... straight and bendy, it's all good, isn't it? It's okay. It doesn't need to be straight, really, does it? Because you're going to bend it yeah. around. Yeah. And there must be 90 billion YouTube videos on how to make a oh, reef sure. space. And I'm sure people do it, but... There's also those little reindeers made out of logs. That oh, you put. Yeah. I mean, they're easy. Yeah. They're easy to make. If you've got a handsaw, you can make those and put two or three out the front of your house. Yeah. There's so many little Christmas crafts out there that people could have a go at. And I can guarantee if you start making those little reindeers that are made out of logs, mm. people will ask you to make one. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely without well, shadow I get the same with wreaths every year. People yeah. are offering to buy them off of me. Yeah. You know, every year you make a couple and then somebody will go, oh, can I buy one or can I come and make one? Put some on your little stall, mate. Oh, I should do, shouldn't I? Well, you, we could put a few out there for yeah. a five or a go. Oh, I'll, yeah. You know, it's easy I'll, to get a five or a go for Yeah, me. you would, wouldn't you? So Easy. Get ten out there. Yeah. That'll pay for your booze over Christmas Day. I <laughs> know, it won't. One day? <laughs> only meant one day, mate. 50 quid's worth of booze. Mate, my Christmas Day booze is already made. I made it two years ago. <laughs> 
Oh, I've got, I've got it oh, sitting there. It might, the it might, it might help you buy my Christmas present. Booze oh, right, okay, right? yeah, yeah. I like a nice fifty-pound bottle of red wine. Very nice, baby. Well, talk, talking of YouTube and, and sort of stuff on YouTube that makes you kind of think, and I've, I've obviously been making lip balms and balms and things yeah. for a few years now. I made a really nice bergamot lip balm earlier this well, last month. Yeah, as it is now, and uh, I was watching. I think it's Home is where the heart is, or something like that. Channel on on YouTube, and they were making it with. Rosehip syrup, mm. and I wanted to, wanted to make some rosehip syrup anyway, just for the sake of making it. So have a go at that. But I think I'll have a little go at that, and make some yeah. rosehip syrup, and make the balm out of that. Yeah, going forward. definitely that go for it. Be really nice. So have a little go at that. I might give that away for Christmas. Mm, yeah, some people, good. I think. Get your healing properties out. Well, lots of vitamin C and stuff in there, in there. So yeah. that's one of my things I want to go and do over the next, mm. probably next weekend or two. Get that in and get it done. Yeah. Sounds great. That's good to me. Yeah. One of the things that I've been thinking about, and I know that it's really, really current, is, and you know, I've been talking a lot about it and we've had lots of discussions at home about it, is about uh, renewable resources. Yeah. Um, and I think that perhaps it's something that on our podcast we don't confront head on very often, talk about, no. you know, environmental issues. We, 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 we do talk about it all the time, but yeah. sometimes we don't talk about it you know, it's more implicit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I can say that you know, as someone of, I'm not going to say how old I am, but old, quite old, yeah, really old, yeah. It isn't as it isn't as first nature, you know, in me. It's more, you know, something that I've had to learn along the way. Yeah. Whereas when I look at my own children, you know, it is their first nature to question where some things have come from. Can you recycle it? Mm. Is there is there any actually integrity in the recycling itself, or is it just going to go and we pay someone else to recycle it, which yeah. probably means it's going on a boat somewhere else, and we're just you know we're just yeah. taking out the carbon content, you know, and just yeah. paying off someone else to just bury it. So there is a lot of that going on at the moment, and obviously we've just come out of the back of the Big Cop Twenty Six up in Glasgow, where yeah. you know things became very you know, very at the forefront of, you know, a lot of the local and national media and the news and stuff. And so I think that something that I'm thinking about going forward is very much the integrity of some of the things I buy. Yeah. Um, and I think the days of buying cheaper for me are pretty much over. Okay. Um, you know, going and buying stuff of not such quite good quality, but yeah. just because I can get them. Not sure that that's really sitting that easy with me anymore. And by that, I might be talking about plastic plant pots or, you know, labels or, yeah. or you know, tools, you know, even tools. Um, just things which you normally just get because you need them. But I think more and more I'm starting to think about what's the impact of those things. Can I make them or can I make them out of something that I'm normally going to throw away? Yeah. And, and and I was wondering whether, you know, m most people who who are into kind of homesteading and self-sufficiency are creative and resourceful, but I think that I'm going to have to pay even closer scrutiny to that now because I want that to run through the heart of whatever everything I'm doing. So whether I'm getting local fuel, whether I'm trying to grow local food for my family or even, you know, if I'm shopping and I'm buying meat, do I know where it's come from? You know, all of those things. I'm starting to feel that more and more keenly, I suppose. And, and you know... You know, some of that hit home when I was on holiday last year and looking at what's getting washed up on the beaches yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've got a close friend who works on the local beach where you live. Yeah. And the amount of stuff that they pull off of there every single day. And I'm not well up on the statistical evidence and all of that, but just you can't ignore it anymore, can you? You can't ignore it anymore. 
And something that my daughter talks to me a lot about is about when you're buying new things, you know, try to look into the problems where they've come from and, you know, who's made them, even the welfare of the people who have made them. Has it got here? You know, all of those things. And it might be that you have to pay out more at the beginning, but you'll probably have it for five or six times the length of the lifespan of whatever it is anyway, if you pay for that quality. So I kind of do understand that. I know that for some people, they might not be in that position. You know, yeah. I fully understand lots of that. Lots and lots of people. I fully understand that if you need if you need a spade and you can't afford a a spade which has got a you know an ash handle and a you know and a stainless steel blade for seventy quid. Oh or, no, a lot less than that. You can buy a good spade for seventy quid though, mate. Oh yeah, believe. I'm sure you can. But yeah. I've, I've got a spade with an ash handle and stainless steel for thirty five quid. About thirty five quid. Yeah, yeah 30, okay. 35 quid. But you can probably buy a spade with a with a you know, galvanised head yeah. and a plastic for what, 12, 13 quid? I've seen them for a fiver. For a fiver. The carbon. Yeah. Carbon yeah. Carbon and, and that will last maybe for a season. Mm. I've seen them bend, mate. Yeah, just literally how, just the first go. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, yeah. That's for some light work, maybe, yeah. but it's not going to be You're a tool that's going to be a heritage tool. Yeah. And as always, I would advocate trying to find good quality Mm. Used tools yeah. and doing them up yourself because I'll you tell you there's what. There's a shop started up somewhere near us that sells. It's in Eastbourne. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They started advertising, I noticed the other day. It's oh. just in a garage. Is it? It's just in a garage, um, and it's a guy with a double garage who's just collected tools, mm. hand tools particularly, right. and then restores them and yeah. sells them on. Oh. But the thing is that they're like the quality of them is leaving anything you can buy standing. Yeah. Because they are made with good quality steel yeah. and they've been cared for and looked after. Yeah. Um, I actually think tool restoration is quite easy to get into once you've got a few tools and you don't need a lot. Yeah. And I, lo- I like it as something to do now in the winter. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in the little micro workshop, I am stripping the handles back off all my wooden tools um, yeah. and then just giving them a linseed oil and yeah. putting them to bed and getting them all ready, getting all the mucking bullets off them, maybe sharpening them up a bit and stuff like that. And I like that part of the year, you know, getting everything in and sorting it all out. So before you buy a rubbish spade, (laughs) I mean, Facebook Marketplace is brilliant. I'll get on there and try and find a second hand one at the very least. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, And often you'll get a bundle of tools for a tenner if you can be bothered to go and pick them up. And do you know what? They'll be better tools. And so what if you have to, replace a handle I look at them as learning opportunities so yeah. if I buy if I buy a fork garden fork yeah. it needs a new handle so I can buy a new handle for 8 quid but then I might have to learn how to hot rivet and that is not very hard okay and so it's a skill then that you learn and yeah you might actually end up paying what you pay for the rubbish tool yeah. but you've got a better tool and you've learned a skill along the way Winner. and who doesn't like a little handheld blowtorch Alan I think everyone should have one. <laughs> I think everyone should at least have a go at making yeah. some metal red hot, well, to be pounding fair, it through a handle and then battering it with a ball-peen hammer. To be fair, I'm more likely to use mine in the kitchen than I am in the shed. Do your creme brulee. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exactly that. Um, and so, yeah, I suppose it's just about taking some time to have a go at learning yeah. some skills and, and things like that. But I think what I would like is to hear from maybe people out there, mm. you know, and we, we do try and get people to comment and share and do stuff like that but you know if people have got little things that they're doing to lessen the impact that they're making on the environment um, whether that's recycling things or finding second uses for things 
or you know or finding better ways of purchasing or you know making sure their their footprint and their food miles are less that'd be great to hear that'd be I think, great i think it's reduce reuse recycle yeah. for a reason yeah yeah and i think the reduce bit is the key isn't yeah. it it's yeah. about reducing what you need to buy reducing those resources you're buying and talking about the funny enough before we started recording talking a bit about permaculture yeah and that notion of trying to keep those kind of closed loops of energy in your own system yeah i think if you can do that and not have to buy too much into your system mm. Mm. the less you have to buy into your system the more sustainable it is yeah. it's as simple as that yeah. and so if we can start by reducing and also you know yeah that's, that's the way to be i totally agree and and it might not be that you're reducing even what you because you know if you need to buy certain products that's fine mm. but where and how you get them so i know yeah. that and i and I, I would imagine this is for all of the uk the amount of um buying way or scoop and way shops yeah. every they seem to be popping up a lot of the places don't they yeah. you know um, and I thought it was going to be because you know we've got a couple locally and I thought it was going to be a little bit niche if I'm yeah. honest with you I'm not joking you mate I could go and do my weekly shopping there yeah, yeah absolutely and you can go from you know going in and having a coffee yeah. and having it in there yeah. to getting all of your washing powder your cereal all of your dried foods but also all of your meat and your cheese is all in there yeah. but you just have to bring all your own stuff to put it in okay um so, or you can buy re- reusable ones in the shop, yeah. but what you can't do is buy single-use ones in the shop, yeah? So, if you've got one of those in your locality, maybe check it out. See see if it's something that you think you could use, because we've decided to try and use it yeah. for a lot of our consumable things, like, you know, washing powder mm. or wheat, uh, wheat flour or whatever it is, yeah. because it's all there. It's all there, and it is a bit cheaper, Without shadow of a doubt, and I think the the quality is pretty good as well as it goes. Well, as you know, I buy a lot of that stuff bulk anyway. But mm. but I was, I was looking at because as you know, again, I, I quite often if I have to go family shopping, I will go to Aldi. Yeah, yeah, and I make no bones about that. Um, obviously, try and buy the best quality stuff I can get in there, which isn't always easy because you know some of the quality isn't the best. But one of the things they have done, which I'm really impressed with, is they're getting rid of their plastic packaging on their fruit yeah. veg. Yeah, it's not happening just yet, but they're working yeah. it through. They've started putting their bags out now. Yeah, Sainsbury's so, are the same, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so you actually buy the like the reusable bags. I, I had some. My my wife bought me some from a friend of hers that lives in Thailand or something that oh, hand makes them. Okay. Or handmade like little different size bags with drawstrings on them. Yeah, stuff. like a net. Some of them are net. Some of them are like um, linen or yeah, okay. You know, kind of cotton yeah. cloth. Sainsbury's kind of do the net ones. Yeah, and they're really good. We've yeah. got about ten of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for that day when it goes back to paper, mate. That's my, oh, that's my dream, isn't it? Yeah. That just goes in the compost bin with all the waste of the vegetables as well, Beautiful, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you peel your vegetables yeah. in it and then you put it in you the put compost. Put the whole lot in the compost bin, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. You get your green and brown yeah. bite out. And it's uh, like, I, to me, for me, though, it's got to be about reducing how much we actually buy at all, you know? I totally agree. That's what I'm working towards and it's going to take a long time to get anywhere near it with the space that I've got, but we're doing what we can, you know? Yeah, so I, I just felt that, you know, that had been at the forefront of a lot of what I'd been thinking about and so... Yeah. You know, it'd be lovely to hear from other people what they might be doing um, and ideas or, you know, if anyone else has got any thoughts on how they can do that and lessen their environmental impact, you know, whether that is that you're thinking of not eating as much meat, you know, or eating better quality locally sourced meat, you know, reducing how much meat you eat. That's something that we have certainly done in our family. Better quality locally sourced thing is a lot harder than, than you think. I'll tell you what it is. Because I can go to my local butchers and I'll go, can I have a free range chicken please? And they'll yeah. go, sorry mate, don't do them. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And that's true of the local butchers in my town and in your local towns. I've tried oh, both. Yeah. 
Um, and so, so you want a locally produced, locally sourced, free range chicken. Okay. There's a couple of places I know I can get them. Yeah. And obviously they're, they're about fifteen quid. Aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. cheap, right? Middle farm do them, don't they? Middle farm do them, and Sharnfold do them. Okay. So that's a couple of our local farm shops that do them. Yeah. Fifteen quid. Fifteen to eighteen, I think I paid for them. For a big chicken. For a good, I mean, like two kilo, two point two kilo chicken, something like that. Yeah. Um, but if you go to like your local um, butchers, do you think, oh, that'd be a good place to go get locally sourced mm. good meat? No, no, no. Even even my local butchers, which is a you know an award winning butcher. Yeah, it's great know, butchers. Really butchers. Walbrins, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they make great sausages and stuff, but they still don't carry free range chickens. Mm. Mad. There's not. I, I know that there are egg producing poultry farms in the south. Yeah. I don't think there's that many meat producing poultry farms down here, but I don't know. If there are or not. Well, there's an egg producing one, not... There's lots of eggs. There's lots of eggs. And then that meat will go to form baby food or whatever it is, or pies and all that, yeah. Yeah. But for quality meat production, I don't think that we have a lot of that here. Mm. Might be wrong. Don't know. It's one of the things I thought about doing with that land that I was offered a few years ago. Mm. Actually doing a free-range chicken and then selling them to the pub a mile up the road. Yeah. Well, but we might talk about it in yeah, a minute, Alan. Yeah, <laughs> um, so other things I've been doing, I've obviously been doing the usual stuff ticking over, the sourdough, the yoghurt, the cheese now has become quite a regular thing. Mm-hmm. I'm working towards doing, because a lot of my family lactose intolerant, not myself. Mm. So I'm working towards, for Christmas time, making a goat's milk uh, cheesecake, mm. which for those of us that are lactose intolerant will be a real treat. Cool, wouldn't that be nice? Well, that just, yeah. So I've made the mascarpone in inverted commas cheese. I'll have to make the ricotta, ricotta a bit nearer the time, and then I shall not that into a cheesecake. So I'm looking forward to that. Made my nice. fire cider, or at least started it. And I haven't done mine yet. Uh, we were going to meet up and do it, and I just I had the horse radish sitting in the fridge for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's using up now. Have it, scratch it. So I've done that. I've grated up. And for those people who don't know, it's a drink that you can make, which will help with the immune system through yeah. the winter. It's great. So it's filled with all things that help to boost your immune system. So it's loads. We slapped it on the website. No. The Facebook. On the Facebook. Put there must be a picture, up. yeah. I'll put up, to be fair, it's just grab a load of stuff, <laughs> grate it up, chuck it in a jar, top it up with vinegar. That's yeah. it. And then when you've steeped it in the vinegar for about a month, you strain off all the solid stuff and then you mix it 50-50 with honey. Okay. That's it. Oh, so it's enough. like, I've got onion in there, I've got turmeric, I've got ginger, I've got garlic, I've got a whole root of horseradish. Sounds I've great. got some chilies, I've got some lemon in there. You know, I might have had some limes, I'll chuck them in as well. So... Whole lot. Whole lot. Bit, bit of turmeric root, bit of turmeric powder, and then just chucked it over with cider vinegar over the top. My own homemade cider vinegar as well, so no messing around. Sounds great. So, and then that, with that bit of honey. And that'll that, do it, mate. That'll, that'll keep you that'll sort you out in more ways than one, mate. <laughs> keep you regular. Don't know whether to drink it or rub it on. <laughs> both, mate. Both. And in fact, I've heard of people using it to make like... Um, Salad dressings and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet yeah, that So use, that, use the vinegar rather than... You know, Woo-hoo! As well, as little bit of pep up. Yeah. Nice. Make a little salad yeah. dressing with that. It's, it's, it's a bit of an acquired taste, I would say. Yeah, I liked it though when I oh, had it. I think it's an age-old recipe as well. Yeah, yeah. Age-old cure all, mate. Dr. Allen's fire assay. I didn't make it up. <clears throat> I didn't make, there's a million different recipes out there. Basically, just get a load of stuff, chuck it oh, together, yeah. done. Nice. Pretty straightforward. So, so that's one thing. Now, I know the wood burner's there. Yeah. And one of the things that we've been talking about is getting started in becoming... You know, not not quite self-sufficient, but pretty much, you know, skilled up and ready to embark on your woodcutting journey. Skilled up and tooled up. The wood burner's sitting on a little mini pallet in the back of my lounge at yeah, the minute. Yeah. I've got to go and pick up the half in a couple of well, ten days or so. 
and then mid-December it's being installed. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to getting that in place. I've got a, a wood shed that I built some time ago, nice. knowing this was going to happen. Yeah. Even if it was only logs for the fire in the garden. Yeah. Um, so I knew this was going to come somewhere on the way. So although it's got a few other bits in it at the moment, mm. it just needs clearing out. Yep. Uh, a lot of that stuff to burn in the garden. Mm. So just, and that is like that is a necessity if you're going to have a wood burning stove. Yeah. Uh, a space where you can store a good supply of logs yeah. um, dry, but also with some good airflow. Do they want to sit off the ground? Yeah, I put them on a pallet. Yeah. Is, is it ground or concrete? Concrete. Has it got runoff? No, yeah, if the water's going to sit there, then yeah, they need no, to be off no, the ground. No, it's not then they'll be fine on the concrete. Um, you can put... Um, pallet underneath it and then yeah. stack them up. That's what I do. Mm. But you will get hedgehogs and toads underneath it, mm. you know, because they it's just perfect for them, yeah. you know, and the odd mouse well, in the woodshed. Good, yeah, it's good. That's all right. It's all right, isn't it? We can live with that. Yeah, it's nice. It's a I nice habitat. Rats this year, that's it. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, well, you won't get them under there. Huh? The old boys had them, yes. Yeah, he smashed them, didn't he? Tomcat, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, okay. But we've been talking, haven't we, about getting started in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we were we were discussing what you might need to get started because I think I think going back to what you were saying before about being sustainable and, and impact on the environment and and something I like you I've become more and more aware of mm. and and more and more trying to do what I can and and because of where I live some of that is a bit difficult mm. you know the space I've got is limited mm. but one thing that I can do is heat my home more sustainably mm. yeah and at the moment we've got a gas combi boiler uh, gas prices are going up and up crazy money now uh, isn't it and Although it doesn't cost loads to heat my house because it's thermally pretty efficient, if I can not burn gas to heat my house, mm. that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, now, there are there, the whole log burning and wood burning is a bit controversial, I'm aware. Mm. But I, from my understanding, the controversial controversiality of it comes from people burning wet wood. Yeah. yeah? People that, burning... That releases particles into the air, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the particulate matter is definitely caused by people burning unseasoned yeah. timber. Yeah. Uh, or dubiously seasoned yeah. timber, yeah. or timber like from pallets, yeah. which might have chemicals or paint or whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely from that. Yeah. But it's also a little bit about having an efficient wood burning stove. 85% good enough? Yeah, yours is yeah. probably way better than mine. Yeah, we talked about it the other week, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's about having that as well. And I think that if you're part of a management plan and you've got ethically sourced. Timber, yeah. I think that it's probably one of the greenest fuels out there, yeah. you know, um, because hopefully wherever you're getting your timber from will have either a replanting or a, or a renewable coppicing scheme, yeah. such as I have, yeah. on the go, and it's manageable for what it's trying to do. Yeah. So, you know, if you're talking about someone who's clear felling, processing and selling, mm. and then that, and then that, that piece of land isn't then going to be used for forestry again... Yeah. Then where where's the payoff in the carbon? Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the carbon's locked in it in timber anyway, and it was gonna it's gonna get released. Whatever happens, yeah. If the tree falls over and dies, it's gonna get released yeah, yeah. slower. Yeah. Um, and by burning it, you take away that stage in the eco in, in the cycle. You know where obviously um, your fungi and all of that can live off of that wood and break it down, and it can go into different parts of the ecosystem. Yeah. You're just going straight to carbon release. Yeah. Um, but knowing where you're probably going to get your timber from. Yep. <laughs> it, it's got an epic, it has got well, that, a medical management. That has been a driver for me because we had the conversation some time ago about you starting cutting firewood yeah. and saying, actually, do you want to come up and cut some yeah. firewood? And I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, I do yeah. because 
if I can heat my house by cutting my own firewood yeah. in a sustainable way yeah. and then burn sustainable timber yeah. and just use that cycle over and over for as long as I'm physically able to do it, yeah. then that has got to make sense. It makes it, much more sense to burn re- gas anyway. It, it really does. I think that if you are lucky enough to have access to woodland where you're not going to pay for the wood, yeah. then it does become different. You, mm. There are costs involved yeah. and there are environmental impact of the yeah. cost involved. Yeah. So your chainsaw is going to run on petrol. Yeah. Your car's going to use petrol to get yeah. to and out of the woods. Yeah. And, you know, on its most basic level, you could use a bow saw and an axe yeah. and your legs, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But you it, you would need a lot. <laughs> You'd need to be pretty close. Yeah. Maybe get a horse out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With a big wagon full of timber, <laughs> which is how they used to do it in the day, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. um, obviously chainsaws do have an environmental con- you know, so. impact. Yeah. And, and also, they've been produced, haven't they? Yeah. But knowing that if you buy a reasonably decent chainsaw and you might get 10 years of cutting out of that saw, maybe more, yeah. I don't think that you can... You know, you're then down to t- a, t- a, 10, a 10 pound kind of a yeah. year. Yeah. I don't think that's too bad. No. Um, and, and, and the other thing about a, a chainsaw, which is perhaps slightly more money at the beginning and produced better, is that if a small thing goes wrong on it, you can fix it yeah. without having to buy a whole new one. Yeah. Um, and it's probably made in an area or under conditions which are probably more worker savvy as well. Yeah. I would believe that anyway. So if you're going to get started into cutting your own timber, yeah. what, what do you need? What do I need? You ask me, you tell me. You're the expert. <laughs> Definitely not an expert, mate. Well, okay. You've done it before. I have, yeah. Um, and, and I meant what I said. At its most basic level, yeah. it is a saw. It could be a hand saw. And something to split the timber yeah. and axe. I've done plenty of that bit. Yeah, and it time. could be both. It could be both of those things. If I lived within fifty meters of my property of a woodland that I could manage, I could probably do it like that. Well, you know, I was walking, talking about walking earlier. I was out walking with a dog at the weekend. And there's a bit of woodland not far from where I live, which is clearly not managed. Mm. Every so often, a big tree falls down, and then somebody comes in with a chainsaw, cuts it up, and leaves it all there. Right. Yeah. And, I, and all I need to do probably is look on the land registry, find out who owns that bit of wood yeah. and say, can I come and help to yeah. manage that? And yeah. I might well. And it's probably, I don't know, less than a mile from where I live as yeah. a pro flies. I'd yeah. have to take the car around there so yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah. further. Yeah. But um, you go there and do all the work and yeah. then just bring the car but, around. But feasi- feasibly, that might be something that I could look to do Absolutely, in absolutely. So obviously as soon as you step up to a chainsaw, chainsaws are much more efficient. And I believe that in a day you can probably cut enough timber for a year. Mm. A long day, you know, you might not split it all, but you'd certainly cut it and mm. get it home. So you do need a chainsaw, and more than just a chainsaw, you need to know how to use it. Uh, and That's the bit I'm kind of a bit wary of, I've got and to be honest. I'm glad. Yeah. Because a chainsaw will cut through a foot of log in about 10 seconds. <laughs> so it will cut through your leg in yes. about two. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And, and it won't matter because you're going to die. Yeah. You know, let's be honest with you. Yeah. There are some things... Um, which are extraordinarily dangerous in life, yeah. and chainsaws are pretty high up there. <laughs> but and I do believe that it is a, you know, something that everyone can do. Yeah. Um, it is just about being shown how to do it. Yeah. Which I'm more than happy to do with you, and awesome. having the right PPE. Yeah. Right. So personal protective equipment, mm. because why would you not? You know, that's well, what I would say. Too, you? Uh, you would be mad a lot yeah. too. Lots of people cut all year round for many years and they don't have any problem and that's fine, you know, yeah. for them. But for me, um, you know, part of the part of the 
it's just it just goes with the course of doing it. Is that I have. You don't, you don't have to look very long online or anywhere before you find someone's killed himself with oh, a chainsaw. Yeah, well, and people that really knew what they were doing as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know the PPE won't take the risk away, no. but it will certainly minimise the impact of any mistakes that you make. And it is, it's probably the user error is the biggest mm. cause of accident. Yeah. All right, yeah. without shadow of a doubt. So, if you're going to use a chainsaw, you at least need boots yep. and if you can get chainsaw boots I'd get them mm -hmm. you need a pair of chaps which yeah. at the least you want the ones that are at the front mine are all all the way around yeah, yeah. and they've got I know mate I know I know, I know you do well wait till you see me in the woods mate I'm not sure mine. <laughs> it's all I wear so you want a pair of chainsaw chaps oh, because the chap because on your leg your lower leg and your I think think it's your upper left side is where you're most likely to get cut okay you can buy a chainsaw jacket yeah i've actually got a bib and brace set of chainsaw chaps so it's they're like dungarees yeah I've seen so the protective yeah, equipment comes across seen. if you can get a chainsaw jacket yeah i mean you could have the full ppe yeah, right yeah. you need some gloves and then you need a good pair of goggles yeah or you need a fella's helmet which is like a hard yeah. hat with a visor that yeah, comes down yeah, yeah. and when you get one get one with a brim Right. So it comes out of the front, so that if you do have the chainsaw coming back okay. towards your head, it hits the brim. Yeah. Yeah. Because if there's no brim, it will hit the visor bit. Yeah. Okay. And when we when we go out and we do some work together, it's more about reading the trees if you're going to fell trees. Yeah. But when you start, you probably don't even need to fell any trees because there's enough trees on the floor yeah. for you to pick up and cut cross cut, cut. yeah yeah cut into lengths but there will come a time then where you want to start felling yeah and um and then will you learn on some smaller trees and mm -hmm. just build it up like that mm -hmm. and i i've got i've got a chains i've got a couple of chainsaws i've got one chainsaw which i've used for about five six years now i, I used to have a my first chainsaw was a real cheap chinese one mm -hmm. and it fell apart I've restored some bits of it, but it got to a stage where it wasn't cost effective. Yeah. But it and it was only about seventy pound, mm -hmm. and it it paid for itself ten times over probably. I probably cut at least seven hundred pounds worth of yeah. timber. Yeah. I might have had a few chains and some fuel, yeah. but you know the cost was minimal. And then I went, I took a step up and I bought a very small homeowner's Husqvarna. So yeah. chainsaws are done for homeowners, farm workers, and then kind of professional arboriculturists and all yeah. of that. Your most cheapest homeowner saw, a Husqvarna, probably, I think it's called a 120 or 120 Mark II. They're about £120. Yeah. It's got a 12 to 14 inch bar on it. Yeah. It's all you're ever going to need. Okay. It's all you're ever going to need. And um, you can sharpen it by hand or you can bring it around mine and I'll sharpen it on my little machine. Yeah. Um, but it's not a hard skill to learn how to sharpen. And, you know... You can get away with that. That one saw, if you just did it for you, is going to cut more timber than you're ever going to need, probably. All right? Yeah. And then people will go, can you come and cut my trees? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's what I would start with a better saw. Yeah. If you can afford it. Yeah. Um, okay. And you do not need a huge, you know, two foot, 24 inch bar. You don't need all no. of that. If you're going to cut firewood for a small wood burning stove, you certainly don't need that. It is a small that. wood burning stove. Yeah, as well. it is. Um, and it's safer to cut, you know, it's safer to cut smaller stuff, in my opinion. Um, so once you've got the PPE and, and you've been out and done, you know, some, some work with someone, I would just always try and arrange to be cutting with someone else mm -hmm. in case. 
And obviously part of that PPE is the biggest first aid kit you can ever get your hands <laughs> on because of what you're dealing with yeah. at the time. And, I, and I've never had an accident touch wood, yeah. um, but I have been, I've got a colleague who's had a really bad accident, yeah. um, really bad accident. Um, and, I've, and, I've, and I've had some near misses, yeah. but it was always my fault. Yeah. The near miss was always my fault. I've never, I've not really had a near miss. I've had some misses. I haven't really had a near miss. I've had some misses. And I have also got myself into situations where if there wasn't two people, it would have been hard, not because anyone's going to get hurt, but my saw got stuck. Yeah. And I couldn't get it out yeah. without two people because the tree rocked back and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're talking way down the line, yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with some big timber now, yeah. you know. So... I find it really fascinating working with trees, as you know. Mm. It's like a real love of mine, a real something that I get a lot out of. And I've gone beyond just cutting firewood now. You know, I'm doing some chainsaw milling, yeah. um, making things out of it, and also yeah. doing some green woodworking. But it all starts with harvesting timber and then getting it into what Definitely I want to use it with. Definitely milling for the, for the timber. You That's can amazing, get from that man. Boards from that. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, your little saw won't make great boards. No, but. The one that I've got, which works the same, it's just bigger and more powerful, yeah. makes good boards. Okay. Makes quite well, it makes pretty good boards, I have oh. to say. You know, you make a two before, no problem. Yeah, yeah. nice. And yeah. and it's not that ineffective. I'm, quite... I'm thinking more about like plank, you know, like what yeah. they call it, like wavy edges. Yeah, wavy edge board. I'll oh, yeah. do them no problem. Yeah. Do them yeah. no problem. Um and with the price of timber and where our timber comes from, yeah, you know, and in Wix about a month ago, you couldn't buy any timber, they didn't mm. have any. Mm. Um, because of no, the um, because of the because of the delivery driving yeah. shortage yeah. here and stuff like that, but also because of cost. Yeah. And the price of timber has gone through the roof. And mm. I know as soon as I started to um, talk about having a small chestnut coppice, the amount of offers I got in for work for people who yeah. wanted locally sourced chestnut, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to keep up with it. No. My, and my coppice wouldn't have been able to keep up with it because no. it's so small. Yeah. Um, so we we decided not to go down that route right. actually, and we might make some bespoke gates and gate hurdles yeah. but suddenly making 60 metres of chestnut fencing that's going to kill my coppice yeah, yeah. that'll batter a year's worth of cut yeah. for me yeah. and then I won't have what I need out of it yeah. so I'd rather make 30 metres of split chestnut hurdles yeah. knowing that they're going to be more you know artisan and used for something different yeah. and, and slower yeah. so I'm all about that as you know yeah. to a certain yeah. extent right. <laughs> that okay, might so change though yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so good saw, splitting mall, good PPE, yeah, yeah, yeah. first aid kit, yeah, yeah. And you're also going to need at home a small hatchet for kindling, yeah, a source of kindling, and you can use the logs you cut mm -hmm. for kindling. You can split them down further to, yeah. and further. Yeah. You can use pallets, but not no. a lot of people do. All right, no. but um, it's it would be better to use the things that you get. So you're going to need a block as well, which is a yeah. really big. Yeah. Not eat block, you know, you need that. But other than that, mate, that is about it. So in terms of, because one of the concerns I've got is about how do I get it from mm. the wood yeah. to my house? Yeah. Because obviously all I've got is a regular estate car. Yeah. So I'm imagining I'm going to kind of have to do several smaller loads. Well, you've got a decision to make. Yeah. The decision is, do you cut down long bits of timber? Yeah. And then put them in your car, yeah. and then take them home and cut them up further. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you do all of it in the in the woods and then load up your car? Yeah. Where we're going to cut, you can get your car in. Yeah. The access is quite good. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason why 
icon with my 4x4 yeah. and trailer bring the woods to your house. Yeah, it's just another thing you've got to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, I think I'm not planning to use my chainsaw at home. No, okay, yeah. So then it will I be... I might split in at home, but yeah, I, yeah. I want the chainsaw with the pets and the kids. It's yeah, not yeah. Great and, it's la- and it's loud. Yeah. It's loud in your, in your locality. Yeah, yeah. Oh, around the valley as well. Everyone um, uses them where I live, you know. Yeah. But you could... So you could bring home rounds yeah. and then split them at home? Yeah. You could do That's that. That's what I was thinking I would do. Yeah, do them on your front garden, mate. You look well manly. On yeah, your, yeah. yeah, well manly out of front there. Uh, Drinking uh, whiskey. Bare chested, mate. Just with your chaps on. <laughs> bare chested, just with chaps. chaps. Bottle of whiskey and a yeah. ball, splitting yeah, ball. You got it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's an album cover. That's me on Boxing Day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll <know> be. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that is a vision. No glass, just a bottle. No, just a bottle. Oh, yeah, bottle. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a cigar. Yeah. Don't smoke. Just don't have to light it, mate. (laughs) So, yeah. And and when I first started, that's what I did. Mm. I I would cut at home, um, uh, cut in the woods Mm. rounds and then bring them home and split them at home. And there is a, there is an adage about, about timber is that you want to move it as least amount of times as possible. Yeah. So if you split it all in the woods and then you have to load it all split and you have to load it at the other end, it's not as effective or as efficient. Yeah. I I, I didn't bother me because I just loved it. So it didn't really matter what I was doing. Um, So it's up to you. The only thing about splitting at home is it's messy. It does make a mess. It does make a mess. Even splitting timbers with a maul is going to make a certain amount of mess. Yeah. and where you do it, you know, you need to make sure. But next to your woodshed is where you want to split. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously just be able to chuck it in and out. So and and without a shadow of a doubt, the best thing to move things from your log shed to your house is Tesco Green Crate. Because they're really easy to load <laughs> yeah. up and they're really <laughs> expensive. Green crates, mate. They're great. <laughs> you, yeah, get, get yourself a nice wicker log basket if you want. And maybe have that by the fireplace. No, I'm going to the green crate by the <laughs> no, no, Have that by the fireplace <laughs> yeah. to put them in. Yeah. But to, from getting them to the woodshed out, that's what I would do. All right. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, and I and I know that there are so many benefits to wood cutting. Yeah, you're at, you're out. Yeah, it is a brilliant exercise. Yeah, it's like full on body workout. Yeah, full on body workout. Um, and it just I, I just find that it's quite therapeutic. I, and mm. you know we talk a little bit sometimes about mindfulness and mental health and things like that. Very important. For me, too. for me, yeah. wood cutting has got this beautiful, beautiful kind of like system to it because I can't think of many things which have not changed for thousands of years like that because you you get some wood and you chop it up with an axe that is pretty timeless right Mm. but the most beautiful thing about it is if you if you grow potatoes or if you grow so at some point you're going to bring someone's going to look at them and go it's a bit weird looking isn't it right but you burn the wood there's no committee that judges how good it was split (laughs) Because once it's split, it's all going to burn. And it yeah. doesn't matter what it looks like, really. And at the end, it's just ash. Yeah? yeah? yeah. So it's, it's, it's like guilt and, and judgment-free. Because yeah. all wood will burn eventually once yeah. it's dry. Obviously, so so talking about once it's dry, obviously the log burner's coming in a couple of weeks. And at the moment, I haven't got any timber. Mm. So I'm going to have to get some seasoned timber in, aren't I? Because I can't... So we will, we, will, we will find some dead standing, yeah. which I've got at the... Right. Marked at the coppice. Yeah. We went through and crossed them all. So there's right. some dead standing there, okay. right? Yeah. That'll get you going. Yeah. But what you do when you're cutting timber is you cut in the winter for the next winter. Yes. Yeah. Right? So what we'll do is we'll go to the coppice, we'll cut it. Yeah. Right? And then you can either leave it at the coppice cut. Yeah. And then 
take it home next yeah. autumn, or you can take it home and split it and put it in your log. Yeah. You know, and maybe half of it because you're going to yeah. want some dead timber as well. I'm going to want because I was thinking about possibly buying some to get me started. And that wouldn't be a bad idea. Because I just think really that wouldn't be a bad. I idea. can't do it this year. No. Um, well, no, you're going to go and cut this year. I'm going to go and cut this year. But you're not going to cut. Yeah, that's it. So I'm not going to have any for this year unless I get some from yeah. somewhere. So buying buying I'll a load is not that load. bad. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm in the one year where I haven't got another lot. Otherwise, you could have had it. <laughs> Typical, isn't it? Well, it is. It's because yeah. I'm between lots. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah it's right. I've gone from one lot to another yeah. lot. Um, and there's timber there. I don't think it's down enough. But you can test it. Well, so we cut it and split, yeah. but we didn't split it until probably July. Yeah. But it is silver birch, which is probably one of the quickest drying yeah. timbers. And it's in full sun, south face, yeah. in the wind. Yeah. So And I've got a moisture meter. Yeah. So you just split one in half and test yeah. it. And if it's down to 20, yeah. you, know, you, can, you can take it. Yeah. It's fine. It's just oh. sitting there. Just sitting there. But we won't be shy for timber, mate, going forward. All right. And again, it's that cyclical process. And it's saying about being in the winter. You know, when it's snow, ice on the ground, so that you can skid the logs out really easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when it's hard ground, crisp, and you get out and it's cold, yeah. you know? But once you get cut in, and the old jacket starts jacket to cut, off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then there's this moment where you finish using the saw and you turn it off. Yeah. And it's just like, beautiful and then you get the axe out and start yeah. chopping right. and the old fire's going over there mate with the big bacon butties on there get in sounds like we've got a few good days ahead of us haven't we <laughs> oh yeah absolutely right so considering we started out today I think we didn't have much to talk about we have jabbered on for ages so I think we, we have, probably should take a break there we have jibber jabbering because we've got some jibber jabbering to do yet and there's some things that some people I know are quite looking forward to hearing about so um, we will take a short break and we're going to come back and make a, a, a big reveal how else can I put it Okay, and we're back. So it's uh, obviously time for a big reveal. We've been teasing this for a little while, and I think the first thing to say is that we talk a lot about opportunity, uh, and we talk a lot about how you do the best you can with what you've got. Yeah. And all the time you're looking to build those skills, to build that knowledge, so that when the opportunity does come along, you're not in a position where you are completely clueless and looking at it, it's no. too big a thing to take on. Yeah. And I think that probably... The fact that we look at things like that, particularly you look at things like that, has mm. kind of led to a situation where now... Absolutely. You've, you've, and a big opportunity has come your way, uh, So Yeah, I've been really lucky to... You know, some stars have collided. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> but I was also in a position where I was ready to do something. Mm. And that's very important because it didn't... It, it came about through discussions that had been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, and perhaps when the discussions were first had, I was not in that place. Yeah. But but then I thought, you know, thinking about it and how things kind of grow in your mind and stuff mm. like that. And then it was that maybe I was in a place to maybe take on board something. And mm. then and then and then through further discussions, things have come about. So what I've been really lucky um, to have been given the chance to do is to take all of the things that are my hobbies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get paid to do them. Amazing. Basically, Amazing. right. And so um, I've literally been asked to set up a self-sufficient farm. Yeah. Um, or, and it's not a small holding, I can safely no. say that. Yeah. It is a farm. Um, and so a chap I know who has been involved in agriculture and warehousing and things like that for a long time and has got some local um, property yeah. really wanted... 
um, to have some production coming out of his of some of his um, properties, and he's got quite mixed properties. So he's got quite a lot of woodland. Mm. I think probably in total, probably about ninety acres oh, okay. of woodland, and then maybe half of that in pasture land yeah. and lake and yeah. all this kind of stuff. But there's also on the site an awful lot of agricultural machinery in order to do the work. Yeah. So it's like a farm that just hasn't got any no farming farm. or farming. Mm. Yeah. There's not any farming on it, yeah. you know. And so it is basically carte blanche to, yeah. to do whatever we like with. And he's got a certain amount of capital that he's put into that. Um, the most, the you know, probably the biggest capital project has been the, the erection of quite a large polytunnel mm -hmm. with planning permission for free polytunnels. Um, and, and I'm talking, you know, 100 feet by 30 feet, not small. We're talking, yeah. you know, commercial yeah. scale. And they won't all be plastic covered. It might be a net, a net house yeah. and, and a half and then a full polytunnel. But we'll start with just one polytunnel. But if you look at there now, it's just pasture. That's all that's there. But the opportunity to do something like this is, is quite daunting, as you can imagine. Mm. But I'm absolutely... I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So, so the bottom line is, from after Christmas, we will no longer be working together. We won't be working. You will be off doing lots of fun things. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I'm gonna be knackered. Yeah, you bet <laughs> I'll be you bloody are, tired. Yeah. I'll tell I you that. You I bet you are. Um, and so you're going to be looking to set up. So obviously, we, we've talked a bit about that opportunity, and that's just come about because you've happened to know the right people, and it's come about at the right time. It has for both of you. But and and I was thinking about how it worked out. But I remember when I first met this gentleman. Yeah. He said, do you want to come and do some work at my farm? And I wasn't in a place to say yes. Do you, do you know, I think that's the first conversation I have, certainly with one yeah. of his sons anyway. Yeah, because he had this farm <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and all this space. Yeah. And I don't think that he doesn't want to do it himself. I, th I think that he just needs someone to come in and facilitate it yeah. and manage it. And he's got more, you know, great ideas yeah. and all of that. And yeah. he's a slightly older gentleman than me, but mm. great drive, great enthusiasm. Mm. But literally, it's, it is in his heart that he wants to be more self-sufficient well totally self-sufficient actually yeah. they had done it before yeah. so they've got some history in it yeah, yeah. Uh, when they used to have some help with people working there yeah. they grew all their own vegetables yeah. and they also grew all their own beef yeah. and their own eggs yeah. but when I say food I'm talking down to flour they used to make their own right, flour yeah. so so there's a history there within the family of, yeah. of having worked it before yeah but I think now they're in a different position. Mm. Um, and I suppose what it's going to give me a chance to do, and I'm really, really, I can't tell you how excited I am about it, is that a lot of the pressure isn't on me to have to provide that capital investment yeah. and make a big life change, yeah. which, I, which I probably would never have done. No. But I do have the opportunity to go and do what I've always wanted to do in my life, which is to work, work on the land, yeah. work outdoors, yeah. develop some skills a lot of skills <laughs> mm, yeah. but also be able to look into some of these themes that we talked a bit about today about food miles yeah about developing um sales yeah. you know because because this it's not all just going to be about self-sufficiency it's going to start like that oh. the first 18 months are going to be like that yeah but then you know if we've got surplus stock let's just say honey because yeah. he's very keen on you know not having one or two hives maybe having 10 yeah. So then, what do we do with that honey? Where do we take it? If there's a local market for it, is side with his business acumen will yeah. be about right. 
let's let's push that. Yeah. Let's push that. And then and by then I might have to have other people in working because there's no way I'll be able to do all of these things yeah. on my own. And so when we were talking about it and he was asking me about planning and things like that, you know, I was using some of my transferable skills from working in education mm. um, to, to bring them into running what is effectively going to be a farm from scratch and certainly coming up with a phased plan about what is doable over a certain amount of time. And we split it into three phases. And the first phase is about reaching near self-sufficiency for his family and mine. Mm -hmm. So that will start off with an awful lot of Fruit and vegetables. Yeah. But but there's nothing there at the moment. So, you know, there's going to be some failures yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. going to be some crops which do well and that they don't. And I've got to learn on the way and all of yeah. that. Probably the biggest part of it is how much to grow. Yeah. And, and, and the successional sowing. And they're all things I know a little bit about because I'm your classic jack of all trades. Yeah. So I know for me... You know, going forward, I'm going to have to learn some of those skills I've learned from you about record keeping and all of yeah. that and, 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 and learning about successional growing especially. Mm -hmm. But the polytunnel will give me a little bit of leeway because of the longer growing season. Yeah. You know, and, it, and this is not a small polytunnel, remember. You know, this is huge. Yeah. It is enormous. And it's brand spanking new. Thermostat control, ventilation, the whole shit boy. Oh. You know, serious. But what I'm bringing to it is that I don't want to buy in all of the things. I want to get to the permaculture as soon as we can. And mm -hmm. so having some cows isn't just about the beef. No. For me, it's about the soil yeah. and about being able to keep that soil fertile. Where does my soil nutrient come from? Mm. And similarly, when we're talking about poultry and free-range meat poultry for us yeah. and then going on to free-range meat poultry for sale, because yeah. as I know and you know, you can't get it anyway. No. And, our, and we all want a chicken a week. So yeah. it's about... It's about finding areas then which we can develop into and push. And that might be a farm shop. That might be reg box sales. Yeah. That might be a bagged salad for winter use for local restaurants and pubs and things mm -hmm. like that. That might be honey. But it also might be, you know, add-ons like uh, courses to run for yeah. people. It might be um, egg sales. Yeah, It might be running events you know because then I'm that's no stranger to me is planning and running events and delivering things mm. once we get going mm. um, and and I really like that it could be whatever we want it to be mm. um, but at the heart of it is the self-sufficient food production really um, and so in that first 18 months I mean it's going to be a whirlwind isn't it it's going to be mad yeah it's going to be bonkers uh, uh, yeah <laughs> The timber is also part of it. Yeah. yeah. So there'll be some firewood production, not just for us, but then maybe for sale. But not on a small scale like what we're talking about in a sustainable coppice. No. We're talking about managing 90 out 100 acres of woodland. Yeah. So, um, And he's got a lot of dead and dying in there needs to come out. But it might be that that timber then gets milled and then he goes back into like bespoke artisan timber work. So, yeah. you know, people who want to build big floating mantelpieces, shelves, you know, big beautiful benches and tabletops and all of that we'll have we'll have a we'll have a sales shop for that basically yeah. or if someone wants some bespoke stuff it could be like that and hopefully some of that will then go back into the fabric of the farm you know yeah. you know if we if we need a load of two by tens or whatever it is we'll mill them right. rather than have to just yeah. buy them in so it's trying to look at it from a really holistic point of view yeah. 
And the good thing about the chap who's running it is that he's got very keen business mind, so he will spot gaps in market, and he's quite good at that part. So he's very keen on goats and goat milk. Oh, good. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're in, mate. I've been banging on about yeah. goats for months, haven't I? <laughs> um, because, because locally sourced, unpasteurised goat's milk is quite hard to find. Uh, impossible to yeah. find. okay. So then knowing yeah. that we've got that little area of niche market... Why would we not have a go at that? Yeah. And then maybe bring people in who've got other skills. It might even be you. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to make goat's ice cream. No. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But let's give it a go. Yeah. I reckon I could make that. I reckon you could, yeah. <laughs> and, and then that will lead to the further development of whatever it is. Yeah. Because there's no food prep on site. But if we start getting into even just bagging salad, mm. that has got to be washed and processed and then bagged and delivered. Mm. So already that becomes something else than just going and picking it and eating yeah. it. But I know that in the amount of space that we've got, any you could do anything, you know. And so very much, you know, this last six months when I knew this was going to happen, we have been looking at market and I've been going out to the farm shops and looking and driving over to Kent and looking at what kind of crops are being grown there, looking at local breeds of cattle and sheep if we want to do sheep probably won't do sheep for a long while yet but the poultry is something that we will probably start off with pretty soon yeah. not not just for egg production so we're quite keen to move from just eggs which I think <clears throat> I think the profit loss in eggs is actually quite small mm. I think you need quite a lot of chickens to make a really good profit on it um, but I think meat poultry I think could be a real real goer yeah but what we're both interested in is not just going and buying a chicken, a free-range chicken. I want you to be able to go and buy a free-range like Sussex yeah. or a free-range Dorking yeah. or a free-range Orpington yeah. and be a connoisseur of that. Yeah. The same with a tomato. Don't just yeah. go and buy some tomatoes. Go and buy Garden Pearl, you know, Harbringer yeah. or Roma or whatever it is. Yeah. I think we almost want to get down to that, that level of, you know, do you like carrots? What ones do you like? You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah? yeah, because we do it with apples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we do, do it with yeah, apples, yeah, don't we? Yeah. And people go, yeah, I like gold delicious, or I like this one. You know, and I think that there's an opportunity to do that in a lot of different fruits mm. and vegetables and meat. You know, and having because I'm pretty sure that some meat birds are going to taste a lot better than other birds. You know, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure you'd be able to find you'd be able to spot the differences after yeah. a while, wouldn't yeah. you? Straight away, but no, no. But I would say that there would be a different flavour yeah. in meat-producing yeah. birds, and I'm not talking about your Ross Cobb quick, um, you know, weight to food ratio. We are talking about premium product here, yeah, because right. we'll start off with it just for us. Yeah. So why would we not have the yeah, premium yeah. product? Make the best you can possibly. Yeah. Can't you? Like we have done with everything that yeah. we do in this. In but this whether that, that goes to turkeys, yeah, or geese. Yeah. Or pheasant, because yeah. the land is there to run yeah. whatever we want, really. Yeah. You know, um, I would like to be able to do pigs, yeah. but that's just because I've got a real interest in then going down the smoking and yeah. curing and charcuterie route. Yeah. And the chaps open to all of these things. Yeah. And I know that if I was like, I'd really like to go um, and do a charcuterie course or whatever, that could probably be facilitated, or it might not be me. Yeah. It might be that I might find someone else who would fulfil that role. Yeah. And I can see it in a few years being a lot bigger than just yeah. me. Yeah. But if it all it ever is, is the self-sufficient bit, that's all that's right. Enough, isn't it? yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. 
it's all right. I mean, I, I would like to repay. He's put, he's putting a lot of capital in, so yeah. it isn't you know, it isn't something that we just want to um, just tick over for for two families mm. because the capacity for what we could do is really big, mm. really big. So it's exciting times, bro. Very exciting times. <laughs> isn't it? I think it's the open open sort of blank page aspect of it. That's the scary bit too. It's quite daunting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, but also. The opportunity to just have a go first of all at getting that self-sufficiency down yeah, yeah and then thinking about well where and that's probably where it's taken it a step beyond anything we've ever spoken about before on the, on the podcast and most yeah. of our listeners would be thinking yeah. about it's because yeah. you know we up until now we've been talking exclusively about doing this on a tiny scale yeah and now all of a sudden what we're saying actually for you at least is that you're going to be taken forward to at least the scale for two families yeah and, and probably and it's and and time. And all of the things that we've ever spoke about, I don't get paid for. Yes. But this is actually a job. Yes. You yeah. know? I'm just really lucky that it's a, like a dream job. Mate, you've <laughs> proper landed on your feet because not only is it, is it a job, so you've got a salary, you've got no risk effectively. Not at the beginning. Not, no. cer- certainly not in terms of, you know, like for me, if I was going to do it the way I, wanted, I always wanted to do it, it would be like, well, sell the house, going to move to a bit of land somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Maybe there's a house on it, maybe there's not. And then, and then you go from having a job yeah. and an income and a salary and being able to pay your bills that way yeah. to I've got to find a way to make this land yeah. be good enough for yeah. me to live on, yeah. be enough for me to live on. And I'd love to do that too. Yeah. I'd love to do that too. But I'm aware that uh, how old I am, I, can't, I don't need to do that yet. You know, yeah. Because I've got other things I've got to take care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you've got family and the mortgage. And, and, and this, just, this is just... This is just a really, really amazing opportunity. Yeah. And the other side of it is, you know, people know that we're in education. I've, I'm going to lose out on some stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm going to lose out on some holidays. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about money, but, yeah, you know, it might yeah. not be the same. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to be 10 years down the line yeah. and go, oh, I should have tried that. Yeah. should have tried that. Uh, You've made the right decision in that sense, in that there's, there's only... Only regret to be had by not doing it. Oh yeah, you know it's too good an opportunity to turn down. So there's right. only regrets to be had by not, not by not. It's just unique. It's, yeah. a unique. it's a unique. It's a unique, unique opportunity, yeah. and it is it is literally all my hobbies. Yeah. And then getting a chance to really push them, and I'm and I don't think that they'll ever not be enjoyable. And mm. I've you know I've had this conversation with people where they say, "Oh, different now if it's your job," you know, mm. you know. I'm not sure it will be. I really am not sure it will be. And, and I know that in the work that I was doing, which, you know, we do do quite a stressful job, mm. you know, I was ready to try and do something different as well. Yeah. I've been doing the same job for about 25 years. Yeah. So. so having an opportunity to do something else and get good at some stuff, yeah. you know, because there is, a, by nature, there are time constraints, aren't there? You know, you haven't been out to your allotment because it's dark. Yeah, well, I don't go Whereas until six o'clock. I'll be able so to go to my allotment because yeah. it's day and that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, I think that there will be um, a new rhythm to get into yep. for my work. I think that there will be a lot of learning because, you know, I don't know how to drive a tractor. No. But I probably will in about three months. Yeah. And a paid loader. Yeah. yeah, and and using rotavators mm. and uh, timber processing units mm. and things like that. All of that will I'll have to pick up, you know. So there's a bit of a touch of the Clarkson's farm in it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm hoping not to buy a Lamborghini tractor, bro. You know. <laughs> so, and obviously, the, what's also nice is that the guys who are there already are very proficient at those things. Yeah. And so you know, I've got people around me who can help me and learn. Yeah. 
and then the things that I will be able to bring to the party, yeah. you know, they might learn from me, but yeah. very much it will be about developing that yeah. on my own, you yeah. know. Um, but it is, it is, sometimes it's a, I have to take a breath a little bit because it yeah. is a little bit, <gasps> <laughs> but it will, it will enable me to, to develop whatever side of it we want. And so, you know, listening back sometimes to Carl um, from um, Self-Sufficient Hub, when he got his first place and he was talking about, he just did everything all at once, smashed yeah. it all out. Yeah. I think there's going to be an element of that. I think there is. There almost has to be. Yeah, it does, yeah. You've got, you've got you know, certain things you've got to get going as fast as you can. And you obviously need somewhere to rate, to raise some food. Yeah. And, and the fruit needs to go in sooner rather than later because yeah. it takes a long time. So, yeah. so both of those things need to happen simultaneously. Yeah. And you're probably going to want to get some animals in within... Not too long, so you're looking at animal housing. Yeah, yeah. So straight away, you're looking at those three three jobs, yeah. which are all big jobs in their, on their own right, yeah. aren't they? And from January, I think, you know, because I start literally start in the new year, I think it will be very much, the, some of the infrastructure will be ready by then. So, yeah. the, so the wood processing and the barn is up, yeah. and the polytunnel will be up, yeah. and the soil will be in it, yeah. you know, because the first year we will have to buy in something, because yeah. there's, we can turn it, but... It is pasture land, yeah. so it is probably not that uh, nutritious, yeah. you know. So yeah. there will be some bought in, probably soil and well rotted manure yeah. before we get the composting on the go. Yeah. I mean, there is going to be some massive mega composting, mega composting, yeah, on the go, and and some of that infrastructure is there ready to go in. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be some fencing yeah. needs to go in, and yeah. how and accessibility and all of that. But you know, all of that is kind of there. There's the office and all of that is all there ready yeah. and my where I'm going to work and my workshop that I've got to build and all of that oh dear watching and uh, all of that will go in um, but there's so much to learn mate there's so much to learn um, and within the time frame I'm hoping that there will be a certain seasonality to it so you know the polytunnel will extend the growing season probably by maybe six weeks either end mm -hmm. I would say roughly yeah um so there will be still that time for working timber, yeah. probably from October, November through to maybe January, maybe the middle of February, yeah. which is plenty of time. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously the growing of food will then take over, yeah. but it doesn't start mental all at once. There's quite a, there's quite a sort of, you know, an, an incline in, in what you do and what you can sow before you then start pushing through into planting and, yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. Not everything will be in the polytunnels either. You know, I'll still be growing outside, yeah. obviously a lot. Yeah. Um, and the development of orchard and soft yeah. fruit, top fruit. Yeah. And then I'm keen to grow wheat. Yeah. I'm really keen to grow wheat and have a go at that. Just for, and try some different, you know, cereal grains. Yeah. I'm really, really keen to have a go at that. Just for me, because one, I like bread. But yeah. two, but two it, it goes into the next stage, that carbohydrate cereal production. Yeah. You know, and it might be that we run some trials first. I don't know if oats will even grow in this climate. It's, it might not be wet and cold enough, you know. I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know. I don't remember seeing him growing. No, no, you don't much. see him around here. But you do no. see barley. Lots of barley. He has got a brewery. <laughs> right, the guy. It's all ready to go to make beer. <laughs> He's got all the gear. He's got everything. He's got everything yeah. there, mate. Mate, so you, you is not going to be enough. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Um, and you know the conversations I have with the with, with the chap, he knows that I'll be able to do the first bit on yeah, my own. Yeah. But then it will be very much about bringing people in mm. 
and then me just trying to help them yeah. develop those areas of, and they might have some speciality. Yeah. So my official title is self-sufficient manager. That's what right. my title is. Right. But it might, it might mean then that, you know, I can tell you now by, I might just be able to do this summer, but by next summer, I won't be able to harvest it all. No. I just won't. No. And so it might be that I have some seasonal workers come in, or it could be people who just, you know, come in for the summer to come in and do some of that stuff. And by then I might need someone to do the livestock might need someone, there might be a dairy by then, there might be someone delivering by then, there might be an on-site shop by then, mm. there might need to be a butcher by then, yeah. you know, all of those things. And I know that you can go down a specialist route, but I would actually rather have a team of people who had skills like me, yeah. lots of different, lots of different, different skills. Yeah. 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 But that's the idea, but we'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to coming up and seeing it. Never mind seeing it, mate. Get you up there, hey! <laughs> eh? You bloody grafting, bruv. Well, I'll be knackered. I'll be just sleeping in the polytunnel, mate. You're coming out of line of the polytunnel. Help me out! Drowning, run the boots out. There'll be no mercy if I see that. I can tell you that. <laughs> you are getting full on hose pipe, mate. <laughs> uh, we have, we've got our hose pipe. We've got overhead irrigation system. Uh, no, there yeah, isn't really. There isn't. Yeah. There ain't. Yeah. There ain't. Not yet. But so, but we are looking at things like. Using water from the site, yeah. Not not buying, you know, yeah. and using um, municipal water supply. We are we are looking at maybe getting a a, a bio um, heater heater yeah. going in, you know, bio furnace using yeah. timber from the site yeah. to heat the water yeah. or heat the property. Yeah, yeah. we're looking at all those. We look, yeah. look solar or wind power. Yeah. yeah, digging a well. All of those things are going yeah. in. Not not yet, no. but but you know the cap the capacity is there yeah. for all of those things to be there. So. It, it, it will get into that permaculture cycle, hopefully, yeah. um, if we can at all get there um, and minimise, you know, and then start to try and offset some of the capital investment he's had to make by finding those unique selling points, whatever we want to do with yeah. whatever product we think we can push the market. Yeah. Um, but very much about, you know, to bring this whole episode full cycle, good, the best quality we can make. Yeah for the least distance that you can deliver it at. Yeah. And yeah, you might pay more for premium products, mm. but it will be streets better than what else people are used to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's about. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it, you know, everything's gonna be like that. You know, timber, you've gotta be competitive because you just won't sell it. Yeah, yeah. Carrots, I'm not sure, you know, you need, yeah. you need to be competitive enough to sell it. Yeah. So it's about it being realistic. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the quantity is going to be a problem. Mm. I think it will be about the quality because I think we've got enough space now to, I mean, that is a big polytunnel yeah. to fill. Yeah. It's huge. And the capacity for three is, mm. well, it's absolutely enormous. Right, I tell you that. Well, I won't be doing that. Um, so, so I think possibly what some people that are listening, obviously yeah, there might be a few people going, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And there might also be a few people going, well, what does that mean for... Urban Homestead in Urban UK. Urban Homestead in UK, mate. Which now feels, well, frankly, a sham. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly will be once you start doing that. So um, in terms of the podcast, mm. we intend to try and keep going, don't we? Absolutely. Obviously, it's going to change for us, potentially, how easy it is for us to meet up because we're not working together I anymore. think so, but I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so because we do have a thing. So yeah. this, what we've done tonight will always still happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we just carry on, won't yeah, we? Yeah. And it would be lovely to be able to do some recording where I'm working. Yeah. Funnily enough, one of the things that are at where I'm working is a recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so production values might go up. <laughs> no, probably not. Quality might go yeah, up, mate. Yeah. yeah. But um, but I think that if as long as you know, it'd be interested if we get any feedback from people who are listening. Mm. It might be that um, you know, I'd, I would still like to make it really clear that I'm not a specialist in any of these things. No, no. And so at least the first few years, I'm going to be still Making the same up. as everyone else. <laughs> Blagging it like you're not a guru, it. mate, no. in any of these things. No. And so if people want to still listen to that journey, yeah. that's fine. Um, and to be honest with you, if you've never grown wheat and you're going to grow a small patch in your garden or you're yeah. going to grow it in a field, yeah. the, not much difference. Not really, is there? No. Right? So there is that part of it. Um, but there are there are other parts which I'm sure which are on the periphery which you know they're not part of my job at the moment yeah. you know yeah. you know the green woodworking and all of that that's nothing to do yeah. with it yeah. but um, if people are still interested in listening and and might want to be part of uh, that journey where it is more about well I, I do this homesteading some of it's for me hmm. but I would like I would like it to be more a part of my life than a something that I just do as yeah. well as my job then it might be a good thing to listen I, I to. Think, I think ultimately what you're actually doing is living the life that many people that are listening to this actually want to live in, in the sense that you'll be doing these things and that will be how you make your living. Yeah. The fact that you're in a slightly fortunate position of being paid to do that yeah. rather than doing that whole giving up like I talked about yeah. and going off grid and all that yeah. stuff doesn't make a whole lot of difference in that sense. No, no. Uh, you'll probably be doing it on a slightly bigger scale. Than the other side of it is that I might not be able to do it. There is that. I mean, I'm a very positive person, right? So people might want to listen just to hear when you fail. Just to hear the downfall. (laughs) No, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. Personally. I really don't. I think that... I'll um, be up there helping you out for all that happened. I know. I'll tell you that. I know you would. Um, But I do think that I do think that that might be interesting. And if it is interesting, that would be really great. Yeah. Really great. I think one thing it is going to necessitate is a change of the name for the podcast. Yeah. Going forward. I think I haven't really given that any thought as to what that would be yet. Um, but I think probably if we're going to sell ourselves as urban homesteading and you're working a farm, that's not a, not an easy... It could just be homestead in UK. Well, I wonder if we might just go something as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. I think that probably will need to be a name change. And what yeah. we might do perhaps um, with the the podcast in the new year when this starts for you is that the, the, the podcast that we use has a facility to allow us to have seasons. Oh, okay. And I think what we might do is shut down the podcast perhaps over season Christmas one. as season one yeah. and then when we come back in January do the next it'll one it'll be season yeah. two and we'll take yeah. it forward as yeah, perhaps great. with a new name yeah uh, and, and I mean what you know just I was just thinking there as you were talking is that some of the things that perhaps I would have normally have done now I haven't done because um, the likelihood is that I well I will give up my allotment yep I won't grow as much veg at home yep because I won't need to do that mm-hmm. and so I'll be doing it all day, every day. So then I probably, you know, my allotment, you know, and it's a shame. And there are some, like I said, some losses because I was just getting into that allotment yeah, yeah, and yeah. put some work into it. And yeah. even though it was only a small little half plot, I yeah. really loved being up there and all of that. And so, you know, there is some, there is some losses there without shadow of yeah. a doubt. But um, I suppose my heart, knowing that, knowing that I wasn't going to be using that this year, some of the things that I could have put in there and worked on, I haven't done there because yeah. I'm not going to be there. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, and similarly with the veg beds I've got at home, yeah, I will probably grow flowers in them now. Yeah. Or I will do something else. Yeah. Or I will just grow food for my pets in them. Yeah. But I still, I mean, I won't need that. Need to do that. No, I won't. No, I won't. Um, but it might be, it might turn into something else. Yeah. But I will still keep my chickens at home, yeah. even if I've got chickens somewhere else. Yeah. 
because in the back of my brain always is that it's that little prepping bit that I can't get out of because what if I can't get to the farm? Well, well, there's, well there's, that, but also, there's that, but also because of the circumstances you're in, there's an element of it that's not in your control. Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah. And so at some point this could stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so not completely giving up the opportunities no you've one. got at home is, no. is sensible backup plan, isn't and, it? Yeah. And, and I always, I've always, I've always wanted poultry at home and yeah. I've got them at home. Yeah. I'm not going to give that up. No for to turn what is you know probably a five by ten foot yeah to make it into grass yeah, yeah. i'm not going to do sense, that because i still have the joy even and even if i've got chickens on a farm mm. the joy of going in my garden and yeah. getting the fresh eggs every day is just a beautiful beautiful yeah. thing and i and and i will never get tired of that um i might just grow herbs at home yeah I could grow a whole load shout. of them and you know, those three big raised beds that's a really nice idea i could grow I'll tell you all what, your medicinal mate. herbs, all your oh, yeah. herbs. See, now that could be That's a good really thing, couldn't it? Yeah. Or just basil and just make pesto. Well, <laughs> I think the pesto might grow better in the polytunnel, don't <laughs> Basil. I don't know. There's some good, there's some good British varieties grown for British, yeah. the British climate yeah. that actually work pretty well outside. I grew quite, yeah. quite a lot outside, fairly successfully this year. So it can be done. But yeah. I, yeah. But there's lots of things I could do with that, yeah. you know, and um, and we'll see. We'll yeah. see. You know, it's a big change for not just me, but obviously for my family. And yeah. I'm really lucky to have a very supportive family who've mm. helped me through this time. Yeah. Um, and there's been lots of kind of <clears throat> emotions attached to it and stuff like that, which mm. is only normal, I would imagine, for such a big life change. But I just feel that for me, I'm going to be able to immerse myself in those natural rhythms that I talk about all the time yeah. to a, you know, a much greater extent and yeah. for my own well-being, my own physical fitness, for yeah. my own mental well-being as well. It's what I've always wanted to do and, yeah. and, and kind of feels like the right path for me at the moment. So I would say it's too good an opportunity to turn yeah, down. it's going to be good. Food Tell you what, mate, going to eat some food tonight. Going to need to eat some food, mate. What are you going to be doing? I will, but I'm going to eat some good food. Yeah. You know, and... You know, we always talk about that holy grail of having everything on the plate. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that going into yeah, the poultry and the beef and the and the dairy and all of that. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be. Well, I'm looking forward to getting some of the produce off it. Yeah, of course, you will be. Cool stuff. Oh man. Well, you can run the kitchen on site where people come in. You know, before they buy, you could have those days where you run them, and then I just think you should get the best. You should drive in every morning, yeah. pick up the best produce, yeah. and then go out with your with your gourmet snack wagon and just cook the best food <laughs> and then just come back every yeah. evening and then just restock it well, or just run a restaurant on site mate a restaurant's hard work I always think about a woodland restaurant you know oh, okay, so yeah. there's a wood it's there like, yeah. and then you just people say to you where, where, where's this come from you just point you just go yeah. there see that cow yesterday there was two there yeah. and there's one <laughs> and that's where the meat's from well you've got veg yeah there, there, yeah, there. yeah. I think there's definitely a market Something for that, in that in Definitely. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. But I've got lots of other plans for events and well, things like that. That'll come together, won't it? I'm sure we'll talk about some of that as it comes about. There'll be a point where I'm eating my own bacon, drinking my own beer, yeah. um, and eating my own salad. And yeah. that'd, be good. That'd, that'd be complete then, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, I think we should probably leave it there for today, but um, thank you very much for sharing that. That's at my pleasure. There's a few people out there sort of asking what's going on and, and you know, being in, showing some interest. So I'm sure there'll be people that'll be pleased to hear about what's going on. I imagine there'll be some questions. I hope so. I and hope I'll, so. And I will be asking people questions <laughs> too, probably. 
<laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you're out there and you've enjoyed it, please do tell your friends and everything and everyone else about us, do all those good things, and we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks or so. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye. So thanks very much, everyone, for listening through to the end of another episode of uh, the Urban Hampstead and UK podcast. If you've enjoyed what you're listening to, please come and join us on our Facebook group. Uh, you can come find us on Urban Homestead in UK on Facebook. Uh, come and find us on Instagram and uh, all those other good places. Please tell your friends about us and uh, do come and listen again. Thank you. Bye-bye.